Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. It's a Guy Jeans podcast. My guest today, Clayton Q, has led a career in music since his high school days of playing in a local pub for tips back home in Kentucky in the early 2000s. Having nearly two decades as a touring Nashville recording artist, he has shared the stage and TV screen with some of the music industry's biggest artists all across the board from Kid Rock, Gretchen Wilson, John Rich, Darius Rucker, Keith Anderson, Def Leppard, Hunter Hayes, Winona, Billy Idol, Walker Hayes, Kentucky Headhunters, Craig Morgan, Terry Clark, Mark Chestnut, the Bellamy Brothers, and the list goes on. Clayton Q is a two-time award-winning artist taking home Male Country Artist of the Year two years back-to-back at the Josie Music Awards. Furman Power Equipment is the official sponsor of Clayton Q's nationwide tour. So without further ado, Clayton Q. Clayton, how you doing? Hey, I'm doing good, guy. How are you? I'm doing good, man. Thanks for being on my podcast. Hey, man. Thanks for inviting me. I'm glad to be here. You know, uh, on my podcast, I usually have folks that are, are super passionate about what they do and are inspiration to others. So I'm excited to talk to you because of your music career and everything you have been doing. And uh, I've been researching you, man. Oh, wow. <laughs> are, you, are you a private investigator? Yeah, totally. Yeah. I've been watching your videos <laughs> and listening to your music, and uh, it's all good, man. It's, I'm really impressed. Yeah, really, it's really, really good really stuff. Really appreciate that. Yeah. Really appreciate that. You know, I've got some great content out there already. I'm working on several other pieces and uh, records to, uh, or tracks to release uh, here within the next few months. So uh, we'll give you some more listening pleasure. Oh, that's awesome. Um, where are you right now? Right now I'm in Nashville, Tennessee, but we're headed up to the great state of Ohio to see all the Buckeyes this Saturday, Newport, Ohio. Are you going to be performing with a uh, oh. um, an annual fire, uh, firefighters festival? There you go. Oh, awesome, man. Are you touring a lot right now? Yeah, pretty much. We have two to three shows a weekend from April through October. Is pretty much my busy season. So for those who don't know, you know, I'm, I, I did a bio, of course, on you and stuff. But for those who don't know you, who is Clayton Q? You know, <laughs> I am. I, I really love to identify myself as the guy uh, in the neighborhood that grew up uh, mowing everyone's yards and working for my uncle at the barbershop and, uh, and working hard. And that's who I am at my core. I, I come from a, a, a small family and, uh, and a mama's boy. But at the same time, when I hit the stage, you think I stole my dance moves from James Brown or Elvis Presley. <laughs> <laughs> and we like to bring, we like to play music. I have a band of a, a great gentleman that I've met in my time here in Nashville. And we like for our music to bring everyone together. Yeah. And, uh, and that's who I am. 
Well, I like to bring people together in happiness. I love it. How did you figure out, like when you were younger, you know, that you were going to be a musician or how did you get a guitar and start playing or how, how'd that all go down? You know, my family would get together at my grandma's house on my father's side pretty much every weekend. Um, it was like on every Saturday night. My family get together. My dad would play guitar. My mom would play guitar. My grandma sat in a rocking chair in the middle of the living room. Uh, my dad had uh, five brothers and or four brothers and three sisters, and everyone would meet with their children and grandchildren at my grandma's house. And there'd be like sixty people lying throughout the house, and there'd be banjos and dulcimers and guitars, and they'd be singing. And I just come to think, hey, this is cool. I'm going to see my cousins. They're going to play music. I'm going to learn to play guitar. You know, I just thought this was a thing that everyone did. And when I was in school, people would say, what are you going to do this weekend? I'd be like, well, just go to my family's house and we're going to play music. They're like, I'll play music? Who plays music? I was like, well, everybody plays a guitar or something. <laughs> I learned that no one else's family did this. My family does, does this, you know? Yeah. And so it grew. I grew up, it became in my blood. And I, I loved it. And as I grew older, you know, I, I, I started playing music myself and learning that there was more to music than just the oldies and the old gospel hymns. Mm-hmm. You know, the old Tom T. Halls. I love Tom T. Hall. You know, I grew up listening to his music being played live from my aunts and uncles. And, uh, and it really started my, my, my core and my roots in music at a young age. So you guys were just all just jamming like in the living room and out on the porch and stuff like that. And that's what I'm yeah, picturing. That's always. How, how fun is that? Always. Huh? always. Every holiday, every weekend, it was free. Yeah, was it, was, it, it was fun. Was it was it um, like bluegrass and country type stuff that you guys were playing out there? Yeah, core bluegrass, core traditional country. And so were you guys like making up songs or were you guys doing other people's songs? Like when you were singing on the porch, they were, or? They were covering, they were covering other people's songs, you know, uh, Johnny Cash songs, Elvis songs, Tom T. Hall, George Jones, <laughs> you know, yeah. Conway Tweedy. Yeah. That's uh, so why I grew up Buck Owens. I grew up, uh, Oh, listening to those, those songs. And then a few gospel hymns in there as well. Have you been out to Bakersfield yet to play? You know, I've, I've passed, the exit for Bakersfield four times going from LA to San Francisco and never had time on my route yeah. to stop. Yeah. You know, that's a, uh, you know, Buck Owens, crystal palace, man is you would, you would be a hit there, you know, just oh, put, man, put, put I, that in your, uh, your FYI for sure, man. Cause I'm, well, I most definitely have that planned. Uh, my girlfriend, she actually is related to Buck Owens and there's a picture of her family in the palace there upstairs. And so we plan to go there, uh, within the next year and, uh, and see that. Yeah. I mean, uh, you should play there, man. Cause uh, your music is right up that their alley, you know, the whole, oh, the man, whole I would bit. love to try to put that together. We're going to be in Pittsburgh, just North of there, uh, Pittsburgh, California on September 9th and 10th of this year. And man, I'd love to put something together. Uh, so it would work out that we could be out in Bakersfield. You guys should, um, you know, I, I, uh, am up in a little town called Kernville, California, which is about an, it's up in the mountains up above, uh, uh, Bakersfield. And it's, um, you know, so a lot of people in this area love country music, of course. And there's a, there's a big movement in Bakersfield called the Bakersfield sound. Of course, you know, 
um, book, yeah. you know, and all that. And um, you would be a hit there, man. I'm, I'm telling you, just maybe p- get your tour manager to book you a show there. <laughs> and, uh, and people would show up. I guarantee it, man. Dude, let, me, let me tell you something that's that up until this point that's, that's maybe kind of crazy or maybe you won't believe it. I don't know. But you said you, you didn't research. You've seen how many places across America that we went to, right? Yeah, of course. You see all my traveling? Yeah. About 10 years ago, I volunteered to work for a hip-hop label that was signed under Universal Music Group, and I I learned how to be a booking agent. Did you? And, you know, I've never had a booking agent in all these places. I've toured across the world. You do that I all booked, yourself? I did it all myself. My wow. Learned, I was a tour manager. I learned how to be a touring manager for other artists. And, dude, I cut out the middleman to save save that money. And <laughs> I had the you. experience myself. And I talked to Lingo. And I create the contracts and the rider agreements. And I do the bookings. And I still do the logistics and the coordination and the finances and the CPA and everything. You know what? Oh, my God. That's <laughs> awesome, man. You know, a lot of people, and I've said this on my show before, people have no idea what how hard musicians work. And, yeah. I mean, and now you're you're telling me you do all the booking and all that kind of stuff too. That's crazy, man. That's awesome. And you're a hardworking guy, and that's for sure. We, you know, you think, well, as an independent, you know, you can only get booked for so many things. And that is true for the first several years. But once you build a reputation in a circle that you're of people that you've worked with, your reputation grows. And uh, if you work as hard as we do, yeah. then then your reputation will grow and you will start have to have to start turning down shows and gigs because that's become something more prevalent in 2023. And I never thought I would, I never thought I would have to turn down a show, but I've had to turn down so many shows this year because we're already booked. Awesome. Dude. And that's such a blessing to have. It is. It is, man. How about your um, tour bus, man? <laughs> that thing is awesome. I was checking I that thing that. out on the video, and and you know, there's a good, like a tour video. You know, you go in there and stuff. But yeah, that tour bus not only you know it says your name Clayton Q on the outside and real big, but it has your sponsor on there, right? Yeah, it has Furman Power Equipment. It's my tour sponsor last year and this year as well. And uh, so I I I, I worked hard. Um, I have a lot of loyal fans that believe in me as well. And, uh, you know, I did some crowdfunding. I had some donations from fans as well and working hard and saving up my pennies. And uh, I had bought a, I had bought a bus that was a former uh, Pink Floyd crew bus. And, um, and I, I sold that one and got um, Rodney Krause old, old bus, which he was a, a, he's a country singer as well. And uh, real popular in the 80s and 90s. And after uh, I flipped out of that one, I, I bought T.G. Shepard's bus. And that's my current bus. Mm-hmm. It's one of T.G. Shepard's first buses. And uh, he built out the living room like the jungle room at Graceland. He actually lived at Graceland with saw Elvis uh, when he was younger. I saw that. It looks awesome, man. And, uh, and so it was built out like the jungle room. But, uh, yeah, so Fireman Power Equipment's my tour sponsor. They were proud enough of me to partner with me and uh, and wrap the bus with their uh, mobile billboard as well as my face bigger than my house. <laughs> That's for sure. I was like, oh, so my God. I appreciate it. We worked very hard for that. That's awesome, man. Congratulations on that. What's it like touring, like, 
are you is your band cruising in that bus too or are they going in a separate uh yeah they're we're all cruising in the bus we have uh four pretty large uh bunks at the rear of the bus and then a a shower double vanity a toilet uh room uh-huh. uh with the door in the front and the door in the back and then i have a master bed in the middle with a hallway that goes down the side and then we have uh, the living room area which has a a, a circle couch uh, couch with a circle corner and then a couple recliners we have a, a sink vanity with tvs yeah you know it's it's real nice and then the front we have a we have a a, a buddy driver seat which if we're driving you know 20 hours in our one driver can drive for 10 and they can swap and the next driver can drive right on and, and where's all your gear and stuff is that getting towed behind too we actually we have an enclosed box trailer nice um and it's a it's a fairly large it's about a, a an eight by 20 and a tandem axle we pull it behind the bus it's also got a wrap on it i don't have that many pictures of that one online there's a few so is is everybody super cool like your whole band you guys must get along amazing oh yeah you know know, um my my utility banjo player backup vocals and harmonies he um his name's rhett butler and we met in 2005 one of my first years in nashville and he was hosting karaoke at a real popular nightclub chain called graham central station they had them a couple places scattered all over the u.s but he was the head of entertainment there and we met singing karaoke and were friends for years. And, uh, eventually one day I needed, a uh, to sell a guitar that I had and he reached out to me, saw it online on, on Facebook marketplace. This is like, you know, 2016, 2017, 2018. He said, Hey, um, I want to buy that guitar. And I said, Hey man, remember you play band? You still play banjo? He said, Oh yeah, I play banjo. I said, why don't you come over to the house, man? I've got a band. You can, jam with us awesome. and uh he said yeah man i'll come over so he come over and brought his banjo and we worked up a couple songs and at the end of rehearsal he said hey man so about that guitar i was like oh man i saw that guitar a week ago he's like man that's the whole reason i come over here <laughs> the guitar. but you know we've been friends for years and uh, uh the drummer is dan reed and he's actually from hollywood went to hollywood high school out there in cali he knows all about north cali and the valley and he's real excited that we're going to California to play. Um, uh, I met him through Carrot Top, the comedian. Uh, Carrot Top was involved with a TV show called uh, American Supergroup, which turned into Project Supergroup uh, for currently. And uh, But anyway, uh, so Carrot Top was at a, a CMA party, and, uh, and I was talking to him about playing in Nashville. And he said, why don't you come over to our party for American Supergroup? And Dan Reed owns a, uh, a cosmetics company, and um, and Dan Reed Cosmetics, and he, um, as well as being a drummer, you wouldn't think those two go together, but he's a uh, he's an awesome, talented artist and a, and a great chemist. He, he developed his own formula in Hollywood back in the in the '90s, and um, well, anyway, he's a, he was came to Nashville and started in Nashville and was working in entertainment. So we met, so we were friends for maybe five or six years. Before I asked him one day, I said, "Hey, man, I need a drummer in my band. Are you interested in coming to play drums?" <laughs> he said, "Yeah, man, I'll come over." So, I mean, just well, the guitarist—he, well, we needed a, a one of the our guitarists was moving out of town, and the, uh, my current guitarist, Randy Russell, was formerly jamming with the drummer in another band. So, we called him, and he joined the band. And our bass player was recommended to us by a family friend. And I mean, we just got a 
a strong core unit uh, of band members. Everyone has some history in the music industry and some credibility, and uh, and they're awesome chops. And we all make great music together. That's awesome. Are you guys writing songs together, or are you writing the songs? We are. Yeah. So you're. Yeah, we write. Kind we of write a... songs together. We create the music together, uh, and a few a few songs that we're actually cutting this year. Um, are written by other people. I have some co-writes in there from us, but I have some uh, songs that have been written by other talented songwriters. As as I grow in the credibility in the music industry here in Nashville, people that are established writers are starting to take notice, mm-hmm. and they've been reaching out to me saying, hey, I'd love it if you take a look at some of my songs. Man, you could cut one of my songs. I'd really like that. And so I've listened to some great storylines that uh, these talented writers have uh, have pitched me, and we've all agreed on several of the singles, uh, and we're going to be cutting some of those songs this year as well. So you can expect in the next 12 months to hear at least 10 to 12 more songs out of Clayton Q in the band. Wow, that's awesome. How does the songwriting process work for you guys as a band? Do you, do you bring in an idea, or does somebody else bring in an idea, one of the other bandmates, and you guys kind of work on the song and then there's that kind of a formula in the everyone everyone um so you know everyone has um has pitched an idea and we might have you know brett might come in and say hey i have an idea for this song check out these lyrics and this is kind of what i'm thinking and then the lead guitarist can play variations of what he's thinking better so he'll say hey how about this and we'll be like yeah and I'm like, man, I have a great idea for second verse. That's a great storyline. Mm-hmm. And we'll start uh, putting something together. I might come in with an entire song written that I woke up out of sleep in the middle of the night and wrote. Yeah. But I don't really have that great of a of a base for it, a base starting point. Yeah. And my lead guitarist will start playing something, and you know, somebody else might start playing the bass player might start playing a bass line, and then then the uh, Rick comes in with, hey, check out this banjo, and then all of a sudden, boom. In five minutes, we've got a song ready to be recorded. Isn't that nice to have? We all have so much creativity. Oh yeah, it's really yeah. nice. Nice to have you know bandmates that are creative, and you guys can work together. This so- is the thing in Nashville, Tennessee, as well as other places, but mostly in Nashville. There's so many individual people that came here to want to show their talent. You might have a hundred bass players moving into town the same week, and then you got thirty-five guitarists. And so on Broadway or playing downtown entertainment at the nightclubs or even touring artists, the individual, mm-hmm. uh, for example, you know, I'm Clayton Q. My name's Clayton Quisenberry. I shortened it down to Clayton Q and trademarked that. You nice. know, Luke Bryan doesn't have the Luke Bryan band. Jason Aldean doesn't have the Jason Aldean band. It's Luke Bryan, Jason Aldean, and both of them have dedicated, they're dedicated band. Yeah. You know, I'm Clayton Q. I have my dedicated band in Nashville. There's so many people that are just subs. Yeah. And you're playing cover songs or you're playing other people's music and you're saying, Hey, I've got to put, I put a band together and these guys have been with me, but my guitarist is booked somewhere else this weekend. So mm-hmm. I need a replacement guitarist to learn these five original songs and these 55 cover songs in three days. And this is what it's paying. Who can join me in, People will just show up and start playing with you that you never played with because they know the songs, they know the number system, they've listened to somewhat of the covers, and then you'll drive out of town and you'll play for three hours. And then come back, and you might not see them no more for another year. 
Whereas my band, and I can say this, my band, these guys support me and we would not, I would not have the sound that I have without these men contributing their creativity to our success together. Yeah. Super. And so I'm very, very blessed. I have uh, a, a set band that we can all schedule a rehearsal and all plan to go out of town without having to worry that, Hey, we've got to replace the bass player. I know. Isn't that nice? Real nice. Yeah. So let's talk about your songs. I mean, these are, these are some of your original songs. If I'm correct me, if I'm wrong, but, uh, blue collar America. Yeah. Welcome. Yeah, welcome to Nashville, which I want to talk about. Yeah. Um, save myself. Great song. Um, you mm-hmm. left me. It's another yeah. great song drive. Love that song. And then um, it looked like you guys were using uh, in this video called Crawl, the General Lee car. Yeah. Yeah. General Lee from the Dukes of Hazard. That's, uh, awesome, that's man. one of my earlier ones. That's one of my earlier songs. That's uh, I've got, I've got two songs on there that the band didn't play on. And that's uh, that saved myself and crawl. And those were two earlier songs. Uh, and I recorded crawl actually in 2011 and uh did not I made a music video for it in 2016 awesome man that's a that's a great video that uh blue collar america is that your newest one uh welcome to nashville is oh, the yeah? most recent song okay blue collar america the music video features john rich from the band big and rich mm-hmm. and uh he's been a mentor to me uh the better half of, of 10 years of my career and been a friend to me. And uh, when I reached out to him and asked him if he would help me out and, and have a cameo in my music video, Blue Collar America, he said he'd be honored to. That's and, great. Uh, it's a great video. So thanks a lot. I appreciate that. And you can see all the band members in that video. Welcome to Nashville. You know, it's like, uh, it looks like it's a, a kind of a typical thing that might happen to up and coming artists. You know, you go into a club. Yeah. And it's all, you know, no one's in there and you take your guitar up there and you start singing and, uh, kind of almost that's like, right. Yeah, right. Is that pretty on the money there? It is, you know, that's about the first 15 years of my life as a songwriter in Nashville. And I, I really, that was one of those things where I'm sitting down, I'm waking up in the morning. I'm like, man, you know, I'm, what am I doing here in Nashville? I'm, I've been spinning the wheels for 15 years and since 2004, it's like 2019. I'm like, I've got some big things that's happened to me, but I really just, I want to, I want to just write out my story. And I, in about 15 minutes, I wrote that entire song. Right. And I started playing it. And, uh, and then eventually, uh, we, we recorded it. And, uh, and then, you know, COVID COVID happened during COVID. I recorded and released Save Myself first, then Welcome to Nashville. And when we filmed the video for Welcome to Nashville, there wasn't that many people in downtown. And we filmed that in like December of 2020. Mm-hmm. I did Save Myself in the video in like April of 20, February, March, or April of 2020. But around the end of 2020, some people were starting to come back out, but there wasn't really a whole lot of people. You can still see them people wear, wear their masks down the side of Broadway in the Welcome to Nashville video, but there were so many people not out that Nashville was kind of empty. It was the perfect time to go out and you know, film that video. Yeah, the streets are totally empty, huh? Yeah, 
Yeah, at the very a... end, I'm standing right in the middle of the street yeah. in, in front of a red light, and cars. Some cars are just light, and they're going around me. But you know, yeah, that was cool. <laughs> a whole lot of people. That's the perfect time to make that make that video. But so many people have reached out to me. You know, people say, "Oh man, that's a great song." Uh, but so many artists have reached out to me. And so many of my of my uh, cohorts, people that are you know other songwriters that I've met, or maybe they don't know me, and they say, "Man, I just heard you." Welcome to Nashville Song, and you said it, man. I'm like mm-hmm. a fan of yours now, man. You said it. Yeah. And uh, someone that works in broadband radio that I had met, uh, they said, Clay, all your music's great, but welcome to Nashville. We'll never make it on the radio yeah. in your in your car. And here's why. He said, because you tell the truth. And if they started playing that song on the radio, <laughs> no one would want to move to Nashville and spend all their money to make it. <laughs> were, they, were they wrong though did they play it uh, i mean they're not wrong they're not wrong the song is basically saying hey you're yeah. gonna come to nashville and <laughs> chances are slim you're probably gonna play for 20 years yeah and figure out how to live 20 or 30 years in nashville and then not make it you know i'm not i'm not not giving people hope but at the same time i'm telling my story like this is what happens Welcome to Nashville. You hear the stories time and time again. However, that being said, I would never discourage anyone from coming to Nashville or going wherever they thought their dreams were and Mm -hmm. chasing them. Exactly. You know, there's a new new song. You got a dream, chase it because the dream don't chase you back. Mm -hmm. But you got a chance, take it. And uh, absolutely, I encourage everyone to go pursue their dreams. And pursuing my dreams is what enabled me to write that song, Welcome to Nashville. And I would never regret that. Is there some artists in Nashville where you'll go out at night and you just be like, why is this guy not a star or a gal? Why is this gal not a star? Do you, do you see that when, in some of the clubs, when you go in into town and stuff? Absolutely. Yeah. You, you see that all over the place. There's so much talent here in Nashville. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you'll see the new hottest artists that a big record label has signed and they're doing a big promo campaign mm-hmm. and they can't play guitar and they can only sing in one key and mm-hmm. they don't have any stage presence. And you're like, man, there's labels really pouring millions of dollars into this clown. Mm-hmm. And then here is someone that's so talented right downtown Nashville, got crowd engagement. Mm-hmm. They're singing great music. I think it's an original song and the labels are passing them up, but it makes absolutely no sense. It's so weird, man. So weird. Do you find, when you write a song, like a uh, sometimes a song takes like fifteen minutes, like you said, and then some songs take longer. And why do you absolutely? Why do you, why do you think re- that is? Why do you think that it's you know some of them just like come to you so like super quick like that? Um, you know, I've I've started writing songs and put them put them up, and then didn't think about them for years and then been cleaning out my desk and find the song and put it to the side. And then six months later, open it up and write the second verse. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so I, 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 I'm no scientist. I'm no physicist. I don't know how the, the brain works yeah. like a doctor would. However, that being said, you know, there's been some times just, just like that where, I think that my creativity from whatever I'm experiencing at that time, I might have a great hook, but I don't have a verse for it. And then I'll experience it something later on and it'll be stored in my brain somewhere. And I'll look at it and be like, Hey, I've got an idea. Let me write this down. 
Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I played, I, I, I was writing some music that uh, had never been released with Trent Tomlinson. And, um, you know, Trent Tomlinson, he's, he's a very talented songwriter and artist. And this is some years ago. And uh, I brought a, a notepad and a pencil and he said, hey, I don't use a notepad. When I write with this other talented guy that wrote seven songs on his first album, Ash Underwood, very talented songwriter here in Nashville, he said, me and Ash, we don't write anything down. We just start playing. And then whatever we come up with, we'll try to remember it. If we can remember it, we'll play it again. And they'll play it over and over and over. And then the very last time, they'll record it. So they can have it as a reference. And they never write it down. And that's one way that people write music because if they get to a writer's block, mm-hmm. they're forced to remember that and make it better. And that's just one way that some some songwriters write. I've met other writers that write like that. I'll write stuff down on my phone going down the road. I'll pull over on the side of the road and write it and type it in my notepad, which yeah. that's a great tool. You know, carry a pencil and notepad around, you know. Yeah. I've gone out to the desolate and remote areas around Nashville, out in the countryside, uh, states away, wherever I was at, and just sat down and do your own, do my own form of meditation and, and write something. It looks like you're doing a little bit of acting too, huh? Darius Rucker and and doing some cameos yeah. on videos and stuff too, huh? Yeah, yeah. It's awesome. We <laughs> just wrapped up a music video. Uh, actually, uh, we opened for Big and Rich uh, on April 1st this year in Port Charlotte, Florida for the Big Boy Toys Expo down there in, in the, on the in the Bay Area. And uh, we're... Uh, John said, hey man, uh, I want you guys to come back if you're back in Nashville Monday. We're going to shoot a music video called i'm offended about uh things that are going on in the world today and it's kind of a funny a parody video and we were in that on a monday april the third tuesday april the fourth we filmed that downtown nashville and it'll be released here pretty soon there's some other prominent figures in the and politics and the news and that you'll have to wait wait and watch that i won't ruin it for you but uh, we did uh, i did a video yeah with darius rucker where i played his best friend in the video mm-hmm. it's called beers and sunshine and uh that was actually filmed during the covid pandemic as well it took a it took a while to bring that one together um and then i, I appeared in a movie called salvage yard shine boys it's on amazon prime and uh and roku and people can order DVDs of it as well. And um, I play myself in the film. Hmm. Um, a friend of mine uh, that I, actually the guy that has the General Lee replica that I drove in the crawl video is, is friends with several of the actors uh, from the TV show Dukes of Hazard series. Mm-hmm. And Chris Hensel, who played uh, cousin Jeb Stewart Duke in season two and three, of the Dukes of Hazard, when John Snyder and Tom Wopat were in the process of renegotiating their contract for the show, they had these guys that played the cousins that come into town, and Chris was one of those. And he asked if he could uh, he could book me for this film. And uh, so I've got two songs. Welcome to Nashville uh, is placed in there, and then Blue Collar America are also, those two songs have placements in that film. Awesome, man. And so I said, I'll play if I can play Clayton Q as Clayton Q. And he agreed <laughs> to that. <laughs> so how does how did you get a gig working with Darius Rucker, um, you know, you know, doing the acting and stuff like that? How does that go down? Well, I've been I've been um 
an actor I've been in several videos and um, and cameos and different types of media and press. And um, I've been an extra as an extra on the TV show Nashville, and then I became a recurring extra where they paid me like two hundred bucks a day to be there, whether I was on film or not, for a whole season. <laughs> I was a recurring reporter for like thirteen episodes, and I was I was there like for like six months every day. Wow. And I was on 13 episodes, which was great. I got a, gained a lot of acting experience watching other folks yeah, and in uh, learning on the set and about the life, uh, the production life and the production theory and all that. And so, you know, I got a, I got a, a great resume. I've got a great agent. Uh, big shout out to Morgan Graham from Graham Entertainment in Nashville, Tennessee. And uh, she said, hey, I, they, I need, they need someone with a beard. Oh, for this film and so i, I did a an acting uh promo reel video video audition and sent it in and so the the director um at the time his how, however he knew darius rucker and so he's reviewing darius rucker uh, uh he's reviewing these things with darius you know like hey these people have auditioned let's look at them and they come up to mine and so he told me we're friends now. Yeah, uh, his name is Bronston Jones, a very talented director and comedian and actor himself. And he said I was looking for someone that looked like me because he wanted to be in the video, but he needed to direct the video. <laughs> so he was looking for someone that looked like him, and I looked the most like him because I had a little bit of salt and pepper in my beard. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so they chose me to play the role. And uh, and after uh, after I learned that on set and. You, be, you become friends with the, the producers and the directors when you're on set for these things because if you do a good job for them there, they know that if they need you in the future, they can give you a call and you might be available and it might shortcut the process on casting if they're comfortable working with you. You want to get you want to get to know these people. So I uh, did my best effort to get to know them. And then later on, he, he said, hey, man, you know, look, I'm, I'm in the area. What's going on? Let's have a cheeseburger, you know. Yeah. So uh, you end up networking and and connecting with people like that. But yeah, that's a uh, that's how I got to be in there, you know. And my name is not listed anywhere on that production on that film. It's not it's not on the YouTube. It's not on Facebook. Yeah. But because I have been at it with my music career for so long, nearly two decades, so many people around the world know my face. Yeah. It did so much for my career because everyone was like, oh, my God, I just saw you in Darius yeah. Records video. I had friends in <laughs> Europe messaging me at 3 o'clock in the morning here. It's like 2 yeah. in the afternoon there. Yeah. And they're like, man, I just saw a Darius Records video with you in it, man. That's so cool, you know. And uh, I shared that to so-and-so, and they're the, they're the fair board director of Arizona. And the next thing you know, I'm getting a phone call from someone or email saying, hey, you know, we know so-and-so, and they showed us your video and the Darius record video. We'd like to book you guys to come, you know? And that's how it's just its just word of mouth, you know? Yeah. And people see my face and promoting me. It did a lot for my career just being in his video. And Darius is a, a, a kind gentleman as well. He was a great guy to hang out with for the day. Yeah, that's what I've heard. I saw another video of you singing with the beautiful voice of Vince Gill, and you, you two were harmonizing together. I mean, what was yeah. that like? Oh, it was awesome. I told him that that was the highlight of my career. That's cool, man. And the, one of the major highlights. And so um, actually, 
that's at the backstage at the at the Grand Ole Opry is where we were uh, singing at, and um, uh, we were filming a, a promo commercial for an event that's actually happening Monday, June 26th in Franklin, Tennessee. It's the Rudy Callis is a, a celebrity announcer, sports sports announcer, and we're having a um, an annual charity golf uh, golf tournament, celebrity golf tournament. In, uh, in Franklin, Tennessee, and it's called the Rudy Cow Celebrity Golf Tournament. And so, uh, Garth, uh, not Garth Brooks, Vince Gill is coming. Garth Brooks, I think I wanted to get him. They got Kicks Brooks, Kicks Brooks. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got several other uh, Titans players. They've asked me to come. Uh, and so, Vince and I were at the, at the Opry at the same time. And so, we, we uh, performed a, a chorus of Go Rest High on That Mountain, which was awesome. Did you, did you guys way. perform that too? Just uh, or did he, you did you just gonna no, do it in the back? He was there? performing some of his new music, and uh-huh. I was there as a guest. Okay, and and you guys were, friend, you guys were just messing around in the back in the in the backstage. No, I, no, I, we 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 met with the intent to film the promo for the golfing tournament. Okay, so we sang together, and I thought that was so super cool. Got it. Okay, how cool, man. So what what is it like? Uh, going out there and performing in front of them. Um, you probably performed in some, in front of some pretty big crowds, huh? Yeah, we have, you know, um, I'll tell you, I'm going to tell you a funny story. We, um, I have performed voluntarily at a military event at Fort Campbell military base in Kentucky near, right near Clarksville, Tennessee. And, um, they, I, I was singing just by myself and cutting up. And so the, the wives of all the commanders were there having a happy hour, right? <laughs> At the barracks on the base. And they had like this, this bar there. And, and I had went there for a, of just a volunteer to go and sing. And they had other uh, artists come. And so they were in charge of putting together this tour with MWR, uh, with the, with the air force and with, uh, with all the military bases. So they said, hey, you know, would you want to perform as an opener for this uh, this guy, Hunter Hayes, that we're having here in August? And so I said, yeah, I have a full band. So they booked us. The, they took me out like you did, a little FBI there. <laughs> they took me out, my music online, and, and decided they wanted to book us. And so we performed as an opener, as an opening spot for Hunter Hayes on like Friday, August 18th. It was nearly 20,000 people there. It was just a sea of people. The biggest crowd because the weekend before we were performing at a American Legion in Central City, Kentucky, for like sixty people, we're like, man, it's packed in here. And then there's like <laughs> twenty thousand awesome. people. And so yeah. what's so funny is that we were booked the following day on a Saturday, August nineteenth, twenty eighteen. We were booked to play in Chattanooga at a seafood festival. So we were playing twenty thousand people. We get backstage, we're crying. We're like, oh my gosh, this is so awesome. Yeah. And the next day, there's like seventeen people at the <laughs> Isn't that crazy? We're like, you know, muscular, but oh, you know, we yeah. still energetic, still on the yeah. high, and we yeah. perform every show like there's twenty thousand people there. It don't matter if it's pouring down rain and there's thirty people left. We yeah. will still perform like there's twenty thousand people there. So describe the feeling of of you and your band right before you're getting ready to walk on stage and perform in front of those those 20,000 people are you nervous what's going on what's going through your head you know I'm 
I've wanted this for so long. I don't get, I don't get nervous. It's nothing yeah. that's, it's not, it's not something that's new. Yeah. And this, it comes with the territory. So as you are cutting your teeth, mm-hmm. you will, you will get bigger and bigger crowds. And as you do that, you'll become more comfortable in your own skin and more comfortable behind the mic or the guitar, whatever instrument that you're playing. Yeah. So you'll lose the nervousness and you'll look forward to it. Yeah. And the the more we go out there, the the easier it gets. It gets easier and better every single time. And um, there were times when I was younger, when I wasn't confident that I was nervous, but I also was playing for smaller crowds. And as I got more confident, the crowds got bigger and it came with the territory. Mm-hmm. So, but when we go out on on stage, you know, we might be backstage in a green room or we're on the bus and, uh, you know, everyone in, in that I have in the band, we're all from the Bible belt as they call it. And I don't know you, you're in California, right? Yeah. And so down in the South, down in the deep South, we have the Bible belt where everyone goes to church on Sunday. Yeah. And I don't know how it is in that part of the country, but that's how it is over here. So everyone has grown up, uh, as a Christian and, um, and more times than, than not, we, we put our, fist together in a circle and we say a short prayer yeah and that's how we get ready to ask god to to bless us uh and our performance availability and keep us safe on the road what's the feeling like when uh, a crowd loves your music and you're up in front of those um, that twenty thousand people where people just like loving it where they were and, and what was that feeling like for you well, I, I don't remember walking. <laughs> right. I don't remember walking across the stage. Nice. Uh-huh. If that's what you mean. Yeah, it's yeah. It's great because I've got a song, you know, you've heard Drive. Yeah. And this song Drive, we do a live performance version of Drive where we stop and I say, as we're playing, after I sing the first verse, I say, all right, I need everybody in here to repeat after me. When I say go, I need y'all to say go. Yeah. And when I say roll, I need y'all to say roll can y'all help me out and i say let's say it one time one two three i want to go and i point my finger out the crowd and like fifteen thousand out of the twenty thousand people up front said go and it was just like a roar oh, of breath cool. and spit coming my way i loved yeah. it you know yeah go go i was like in the lights went up and i have someone controlling the light show and man it was just a feeling that i could never really explain yeah. It was like you've worked your entire life for people to know your music, and now here you are, and they're enjoying it. And uh, that's worth more than anything they could write on a dotted line on a cha- on a paycheck. Mm-hmm. That is awesome. What's the craziest thing that's ever happened to you at a show or on the road? <laughs> the craziest thing? Yeah, craziest thing. Like, you know... You know, anything happened, you know, with, uh, you know, the crowd or you know, a fan or anything. I will talk about something that's pretty <laughs> funny. Recently, I sent okay. my, uh, I sent my, my contract and my rider to, uh, the, the talent buyer for the Pittsburgh seafood festival. And, uh, he called me with a question. He said, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of confused. And what it was at the very end of my contract, it says purchasers shall hold artists not hold artists responsible for arrests, pregnancies, or divorces. And he was like, I'm really confused while that's in there. And so, you know, you hear, you hear about 
it's kind of like you know you hear about like Motley Crue or yeah. or, or Def Leppard, and they have contracts that said, <laughs> hey, you know, there's got to be a thousand green M and M's and three brown ones, and if we see or a thousand red ones and three green ones, and if we see that there, it's not like that, then in the contract it'll say we reserve the right to trash the place. Right? They're doing that to because to, they want the promoters to pay attention. Yeah. They just try to get to pay attention. And so that's kind of like, Hey, I can't trash a place or whatever. And I can't, I don't want to request a thousand green M and M's, but what happened earlier on, we were playing uh, about four or five years ago at a tavern in Kentucky and it, it, things went great. And the, and the bar owner said, Hey, can you come back in three or four months? And I said, yeah, we can. And we came back. And the next time we went up there, Right in the middle of the show, a beer bottle flies past my head, Whoa. hits my ear, and hits the drummer. And then another one flies and breaks on the guitar neck. Dang. And this guy's yelling, and he said, my wife left me, and it's all your fault, and blah, blah, blah. And they'd carry him out of there. Whoa. And to come to find out, the first time that we were there playing, we were playing like Tennessee Whiskey cover song, Chris Stapleton. And this woman was there without her husband, and she ended up dancing with another guy and going home with him and cheating on her husband and getting pregnant, and she left him. So he, <laughs> she said, well, I, that's the reason that I left you is because I was dancing with that guy, Tennessee Whiskey, the yard to blame the band. Oh, and so my he got God. three sheets to the wind and came into our show and was throwing beer bottles at me because his wife left him the last time we were there and we played a song that she liked. <laughs> so I tell that I tell a story when they ask about it, and they were they were laughing, laughing their pants off. But I I said, you know, I've got to put in there that the venue is not going to hold me responsible for pregnancies, arrests, or divorces. That's hilarious! <laughs> oh my god, great story, man! Isn't that funny? That is classic, man. Oh man, that's that's one of those things for the history books. I tell you. So if people wanted to, to listen to your music and, and go to your website, where would they go? You know, I have ClaytonQ.com, C-L-A-Y-T-O-N, and the letter Q.com. Mm-hmm. That's also my social media handle. It's trademarked internationally. So you can literally just go to Google and type in Clayton Q all together or a space between N and Q. Uh, you can go to Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, all social media platforms. Stream on Spotify, Amazon Music, Pandora, iTunes. Type in Clayton Q and it'll come up. And we'd love to have you listen to our music. Yeah, everybody listening out there, make sure to go listen to his music. It's awesome. I was just turned on to it. Um, it's amazing. And and uh, Clayton, I want to thank you so much for being on my podcast, man. Hey, thank you so much, guy, for for having me on your podcast and giving me a a chance for your fan base as well to get to know who I am and listen to my music. You know, I've got music videos on, uh, on YouTube, on Facebook watch and on another platform called iTube247.com. It reaches all over the world and there's 350,000 subscribers per square mile. Pretty much. They have, they have, uh, they have millions of subscribers worldwide. The content delivery and the reach is amazing. And we play a uh, once a month here in Nashville. We started playing an event created by the owner, uh, Jimmy Adams, uh, and he's uh, he works with Don King, boxing promoter. It's called Country Box, and <laughs> where they'll have a boxing match, and in between the matches, uh, they'll have live country music. And we've been performing at those matches, and it's been streamed on Fight 
uh, .tv, F-I-T-E .tv. It's an app that's on the Apple Store, okay. Apple TV, and on countrybox247.com and iTube. And this last Tuesday, I learned on Wednesday that there were 547,000-plus people streaming it uh, like worldwide. That's crazy. So those are also great platforms that all my music and content will be delivered on here very shortly. I will uh, link all those onto my website so people can click on those and check them all out. You know, I'll get all those links from you. Um, But again, thanks again, Clayton, for being on my podcast. And yeah, yeah, and thanks everybody for listening out there. And uh, we'll talk soon, Clayton. Sounds good, guys. Thanks so much. Guy Jeans Podcast.